got kind of long, so I had to cut it off. But um, last week I ministered on the seven uncertainties in this life, and we concluded that the certainty of the Word of God is all we need. We don't need a lot of the things of wealth and fame and power. And God said in Malachi, I am the Lord, I do not change. And that's where we have to that that's where we have to put our trust in the Lord. He doesn't change and we can see our circumstances they're almost changing daily. And um we really have to count on just the Lord that he is our stability in this time because it's easy to fall into unbelief when when bad things happen and you go, oh, you know, where was God during that bad thing? God was right there with us. But sometimes we we just don't consider it. So there's two things that are certain in death. That's what Benjamin Franklin said. There's two things that are certain in this life are death and taxes. There's a whole lot of other things that are certain in this life. So I want to add to that list of certainty. There's so many things that are certain, but so many things we choose to ignore until it's too late. There's the certainty that just as our United States is governed by laws. There's also natural laws. There's there's laws of in our body. If we do certain things, it'll help our health. If we do if we don't do certain things, it'll it, it'll hurt our health. But there's also spiritual laws that govern everything that goes on without us or everything that goes on around us, and um, we have to be mindful of the spiritual laws because those don't change no matter who you have in government no matter what storm there is of life the spiritual laws have remained the same from the time god created man and people sometimes neglect neglect to even recognize that we get so caught up in this life and we get so caught up in the things that we can see that we miss So the first certainty that we can say is that we had no power to choose our birth or the day we're going to die. As as Pastor always says, we all have an expiration date. It sounds kind of crass, but it's true. There's going to come that day when it's all over with. And in Ecclesiastes 8.8 it says, There is no man who has power over the Spirit to retain the spirit, and neither has he power in the day of death. We can do, you can exercise, you can eat right, you can do all the right things, but there's going to come a day for all of us. And we can't question God. We have to be thankful for every day when you get up, be thankful. This is a new day, it's a good day, and God, whatever you have to do for me to do today, that's what I'm going to do. We can also be certain that nobody really understands the terror of the Lord that's unleashed on a wicked soul. We sometimes think that the modern tyrants of this world have sometimes gotten away with their treachery because there doesn't seem to be justice right now. I mean, let's just look around and, you know, be honest. If, you know, you're a certain party, then it seems like, you know, you're, you're doomed but if you're another party, you can get away with almost murder and sometimes maybe murder and just go ahead and be scot-free. But we have to understand that there's the terror of the Lord on those 
that are not those that are not going to obey and those that are going to thumb their nose at God, there is a time of reckoning. And that's basically what I want to talk to you about tonight. Because sometimes when you look around and you say, God, you know, why are so many wicked people getting away with so many things? And then it seems like righteous people, are, they, they, they're suffering and they're being persecuted. And David had the same question when he was hiding from King Saul. In Psalm 10, he said, Why standest thou afar off, O God? Why hidest thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places does he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He does catch the poor when he draws him into his net. He crouches, humbles himself, that the poor may fall by his, strong, by his strong ones. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. He, he has hidden his face. He will never see it. And that's the attitude of the wicked. It's got to be, because otherwise they would repent. But they keep going in their wickedness. And Matthew Henry said this, Outward deliverance is, a far, off, is far off and is hidden from us. And then we think God is far off. Now listen to that. Outward deliverance is far off, so we think God is far off. When you've got a long trial and you go, well, where is God? Well, this is what he said. Therefore, we want inward comfort, but that is our own fault. It is because we judge by the outward appearance. We stand afar off from God by our own unbelief, and then we complain that God stands afar off from us. Sometimes we get so aggravated with God because he's not helping us in our situation. We think that he's not helping us. We think he's not there. He said, I'm right here all the time. His word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we think in our unbelief that God's not there. And this is so important for you to get in your spirit that God is with you all the time. We're headed for some real rough sledding in this country. And that means that we're all going to be affected somehow, some way. I don't know how. I don't know what. But we're all headed for some terrible times. And we have to know without a doubt that God is with us no matter what happens. We can't have the unbelief. Why? Because unbelief breeds bitterness. Unbelief breeds breeds resentment. It's like, well, God, you could have been there to save my family member. You could have done this. You could have done that. No, God was right there all the time. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, no matter what is going on. We have to put our purposes up. This 
country has been so blessed. We haven't seen what other countries have seen. And now we're going to get a first-hand taste of what other countries have seen that we have been actually sheltered from. So we have to trust God. We can't be going, why? We can't be the spoiled kids anymore. We have to grow up. We have to not just say, well, this shouldn't be, this ought not be, this shouldn't be. Well, sometimes it is. Are you going to abandon God then and be mad at God? Or are you going to say, I trust you, Lord. This isn't what I thought would happen, but I'm going to trust you. The day may come where they're going to arrest Christians. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to denounce Christ? I mean, we're in really troubled times. We have to trust that God is with us no matter what. He says in Acts, he says, don't worry about what you'll say when you come before the magistrate. I'll put the words in your mouth. Sometimes we, have, sometimes our crisis, our, our, thing, our bad thing that's happening is a witness to somebody else. Look at Stephen was stoned and Saul got saved out of it. So don't, don't second guess God. If you go through a bad thing, just remember Stephen, he just laid down and went to sleep. It didn't even hurt. He didn't go out screaming, but I bet you if he had unbelief and he was screaming, why is this happening to me, God? Why is it happening? I mean, then I I don't know if we would we have the Apostle Paul. I don't know. I can't say. But we have to trust that God is with us all the time. And we can't judge by our circumstances. Whatever you go through, God is always with you. And just remember that any time that you start to get in a tight spot or you see your family, you say, God, you're with me. You've heard my prayer for my family. And I trust you, Lord. I put my complete and total trust in you. There's a lot of spiritual power to that. See, they can't take your faith in God away. Nobody can take your faith away. Nobody can take your salvation away. No matter what they do, they can take anything else away from you that that you can see. They could take this church from us. They can take our home or, you know, all of our possessions, but they can't take what we possess on the inside. There's nothing they can do about that unless you let them through your unbelief. And we're not a church that's going to let them with our unbelief. Amen? Unbelief makes us uncertain and mistrustful when painful circumstances arise. And really, you just have to tell your soul, take a back seat because God's got this. We get bad news and sometimes we question God, but bad things happen to everybody. Get that in in your mind. Bad things happen to everybody. He says it in Matthew 5:45. God makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Everybody goes through stuff. It's not because if you're a Christian, sometimes we examine it and go, well, you know, I wonder what I did wrong because this is happening. And not that sometimes we don't do things wrong, okay, because we're not perfect little angels either. But sometimes something bad happens and we go, well, you know, what did I do wrong? Why, why is this attacking my body? Or, 
you know, why did these, what, what, what happened with my finances or my kids? I did it. What did I, and we start examining things. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You can generally tell if you've done something wrong. How many of you can tell if you've done something wrong? Like you've overspent and now you've got a, a budget thing looking at you or you've eaten the wrong thing and now you're sick or, you know, you can generally tell when you've done something wrong. Amen. And then other times if something just creeps up and attacks you, you know, stop examining why and just deal with the, the thing. Sometimes we just so over-examine and we just want to pick apart things and, you know, well, why is this happening? Well, I don't know, you know, maybe, and you waste so much time and energy doing that rather than just pick yourself up, get on your feet and say, Lord, if I sinned, you're going to show me and I'm sure of that, but if I, you know. If this is just an attack or just something that happens to man, he says no temptation is is un, uncommon. Everything is common to man. Everything that we've been through, somebody's already been through it before. So we can relax that just because we're going through something, it doesn't mean that God's not with us. Sometimes because you go through things, you meet people that you wouldn't ordinarily meet. Or sometimes when you go through things, you have a deeper compassion for people that are suffering. There's all kinds of lessons you can learn from suffering. But it's not always because you did something. You know, we've always been taught, well, the curse causeless doesn't come. Well, yes, that's true. But we don't have to major on that. And if you did do something wrong, just repent. God's right there. He'll just say, okay, you know, we'll just take whatever you did. We'll just... Throw it over there and just just move on. But after David said all that in Psalm 10, I'm going to continue in Psalm 10 and verse 12. He says, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thine hand, forget not the humble. Wherefore does thou wicked contemn God? He has said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou behold mischief and spite, to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished out of his land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear to judge the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of earth may no more oppress. David eventually expressed his confidence in God to judge fairly and protect his people. There's a judgment day coming. There's a judgment day coming. Even those who think that they are prospering because they're wealthy, famous, and powerful will face the cruel certainty of death. They don't have enough money or power, or influence to put off that day. There's a day coming for every one of us on this earth. Everyone, famous and powerful, will face the cruel certainty of death and then the judgment. Every single one. Try, try to remember that. Some, when you look at somebody, you know, you're watching somebody on television and they're, they're just so arrogant and you want to slap them. And you say, you know what, there's a judgment day coming for you. You still have time to get right with God. Jesus ministered on the certainty of eternity, uh, on the certainty of heaven and hell. And he began to warn his followers not to be afraid of persecutions and evil people in this life. 
And that was back then. We can be certain that God is watching and paying attention to all injustices. He is paying attention to what's happening. He's paying attention to those people in Afghanistan. He's paying attention. Maybe this administration could care less, but God is paying attention. He's paying attention to what's going on in this world. And let's go let's look at Luke 12. And this was people were gathered on the hillside and in the meantime when they were gathered together a multitude of people insomuch that they tread upon one another he began to say unto his disciples first of all beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy take care of the people that you hang out with that they're not Pharisees because a little leaven does work a whole loaf if you ever I used to bake bread and if you just put a little bit of yeast in there it works its way through that whole lump so be careful why number two for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed neither hid that shall not be known oh really I thought I said that in secret <laughs> <laughs> 